Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Every day smells like summer. Then you start smelling other seasons. Ah, you know I think I got you. I think I got you. Like the state fair, that smell? We got a little... That's a distinct uh, uh, smell. That's a state fair smell. What did they draw, by the way? Do we have an attendance number for back to the 50s? I've never seen attendance numbers. I've only seen car numbers. When well, I left at 3-whatever, <clears throat> there was a line down uh, Como to get in. Oh, I know. It was nuts. I don't know how the MSRA people do that because each day it starts over again. Mm-hmm. That's what's unbelievable. That was fun. Do you recall uh, that we were? Uh, I was grousing about uh, painting the crosswalks for the Pride Festival. I remember not because of Pride, but because really we 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 need to spend the money where it really should be spent. I wouldn't paint crosswalks for any group. Right. Did I make that clear enough for the Euphorians? Yes. Uh, Scott writes, heard you guys talking about rainbow crosswalks yesterday. We did that in Seattle three years ago. 11 crosswalks cost the taxpayers $66,000. <coughs> what? That, that was my objection. My objection is not to the LBGTQYYYYFFBB2IQ plus minus uh, parentheses uh, group. It was, why are we spending money on anybody for crosswalks? Let's uh, fix the damn streets. <laughs> yes. Pride, the Pride Parade went off, and if you, I know you're not on Instagram, but if you would have been on Instagram, uh, it was a competition to see who could out Pride. Who could out Pride, Mm -hmm. I love gay people more than you, or I'm celebrating gay people more than you, and you know what? My thought is, if they go so over the line and far to be accepted or treated as anybody else i'm more progressive than you was i had theme. a yeah i had a tough choice to make what was your choice well i was either going to do the pride parade okay. or visit the traveling uh, memorial wall the vietnam wall i chose the wall i bet you went to the wall i went to the wall at noon sunday uh-huh. i've it- been to the wall in washington <clears throat> well attended uh it was not it was not significantly attended but uh I'm sure it, the the crowd ebbed and flowed all four days. Or yeah, because it was a it was a 24 hour. It was nonstop. It was overnight. They had quiet time, I believe, from I think 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. or something like it's, that. It's it's just terribly sobering. And uh, I talked to an elderly couple. They were making etching, mm-hmm. and I said, is, is, "Is that your son?" And they said, "No, it was a friend of an uncle." You know, so mm-hmm. I'm sure people were there looking up even distant relatives or whatever. And, uh, the, I, and the very last name on the wall, uh, if you were facing the wall, okay. the very last name on the wall to the right, which I assumed meant the last person. It's not organized alphabetically. 
Okay. It, 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 to, it, to my understanding, it's organized in uh, when you might have died. I so I made the presumption that the last name on the right, where the wall is only about an inch high off the ground, mm-hmm. was the last guy to die, Jesse C. Alba. Okay. So I did my homework, and it turns out, no, it, it wasn't. So I, I might have it wrong how the wall is configured. Mm-hmm. In other words, just because Jesse C. Alba was the last name to the right did not necessarily mean he was the last soldier to die in Vietnam. I see. I, I Come to think of it, I don't know anybody that was lost in Vietnam. Uh, you know, a family member or a friend. I don't. I don't have any uh, family acquaintances that were, you know, Tim didn't come back. I I have I have friends who made it back. Hmm. I I'm unaware of a losing a friend, although I'm sure uh, that there were probably high school classmates of mine who didn't make it back. But hmm. I might not have necessarily been their friend in high school. Got it. But it's uh, where was it, Joe? Did you mention that other war well, was in right Vietnam. on the lawn no no no, no, no. the the wall. I'm going to tell you. Oh. Right on the lawn of the Capitol. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a traveling. And then I went by today, packed up and gone. Really? Which I have to think is the equivalent of breaking down a, a big-time musical act. I mean, that that's a lot of work. Yeah. And how that was accomplished so quickly is is amazing. Uh, apparently, it, what, it'll move on to another town? Sure. Almost like they, they do for... <laughs> Well, I hate to make this analogy, but if you're running a concession stand at a state fair or whatever, you know you pack her up and then you're on to the next one. Yeah, right. You get the lemonade stand at the next place. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrible analogy, but I get your point. I understand yeah. your point. Yeah, we don't want to make a. I understand stand your point. The- yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was either that or the get over to Minneapolis. And then, mm. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my daughter um, sold flags once again at the pride parade. Really. And, what uh, kind of flags? Pride flags. Why? Um, an acquaintance to our family, who was a very big listener to Garage Logic, is an uh, entrepreneur. He's in the flag business. Well, he is for that one. Yeah. And uh, let's just say they uh, they like their flags. Yes, Scott. We made a lot of jokes over the weekend, but yes, they like their flags. Bruce. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Um, I was at the wall, saw a few names of some people I knew, but. Uh, Configuration is a little bit confusing. Yeah. As you stand there and look at it, the very center piece, right. if you look up, it has 1959 on it. Oh, for Pete's sake. And so to the right, which is our west, right. but was labeled east because this is an exact configuration of what it is in D.C., okay. those are all in chronological order. Oh. And then if you look at the very left, which is our east, but which they have labeled as west panels, right. that's where it starts again. Okay. So as you get back to the center, um, those are the last people that died in Vietnam. So it's right next to the panel that has 1959 on it. Well, where the, the panels peak in height would be the height of the conflict, right? The, the height uh, of the number of deaths of uh, Americans. Well, no, because the start is in 1959. Right, but where the wall ascends and is at its highest peak, doesn't that represent the years of the highest mortality? 
Well, not necessarily, because as you get to the right, that would be in probably in 67, which is probably the height of it. Okay. And so all the way to the left, as you face it, that is also the height of the number of uh, people that were killed there. All right. So, uh, yeah, Thank it's you. a little confusing. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, why don't we take a break and uh, resume the news in a moment? All right, here, final word from Sanibel Jim, who uh, did some uh, posting. He was posted at the wall for some time over the weekend. He served in Vietnam. Uh, The names are arranged chronologically by date of casualty. The first names appear at the center of the wall on the top of panel 1E. The panels are filled like pages of a journal listing the men and women's names as they fell. Upon reaching the farthest east end of the memorial at panel 70E, the pattern continues from the far west end of the memorial at panel 70W, continuing back to the center at panel 1W. In this manner, the memorial evokes a theme of closure or completion. The first are with the last. The first name and the last name are etched next to each other. The wall has now moved on to Pennsylvania. I thought of something over the weekend, and apparently other people have thought of the same analogy based on on talking to uh, John Hyde about this. It occurred to me that the woman, uh, Stephanie Wilkinson, who runs a restaurant out in Virginia, and she denied service to uh, Sarah Sarah Huckabee Sanders Mm -hmm. and her family. There there, There can be no doubt. I'm terribly confident in saying there can be no doubt that that woman would have been siding with the same-sex couple who demanded that a baker in Colorado make them a cake. I would agree. Uh, you had a restaurant hectored in Duluth, a little mom-pa restaurant in Duluth that was hectored. Uncle Louis. Uncle Louis, uh, because they were going to be uh, serving people who work for Fox News. There can be no doubt in my mind that the same people hectoring, uh, what is it, Uncle Louis? Uncle Louis. The same people hectoring Uncle Louis would have also been in favor of the same-sex couple uh, demanding that a baker in Colorado make them the cake. And in fact, the the restaurant owner in Virginia, Stephanie Wilkinson, told the Washington Post, I explained that the restaurant has certain standards that I feel it has to uphold, such as honesty and compassion and cooperation, Wilkinson told the Post. Well, that's what the baker was doing. He was upholding to his own standards. Right. But, but the likes of this Stephanie Wilkinson is now uh, subjecting her clientele based on their politics. This is where we've gotten. It's just food, people. It, the, the, we now live in a country where, uh, well, you know what she is. Our friend Dave Bliss and Sophia Bulgaria coined the term. The likes of this Stephanie Wilkinson, they're meas. They they have no standard. Therefore, it's whatever strikes them at the moment. If she thinks something's evil, it's evil. If she thinks something isn't, it isn't. It's completely up to her. She's a meist. So it's okay for her to deny service based on someone's politics, but it was not okay for the baker in Colorado to defend his beliefs by de- by declining service. See right through them. It's unbelievable. Yes. There's no uh, there's no answer for this. 
the answer for this is for uh, the likes of Stephanie Wilkinson and the and, and the people in Duluth who hectored Uncle Louis. The only answer is that they come to their senses and develop a moral groundwork. That ain't going to happen. That's not happening. No, because if you're going to that extent, you are you are you're the, cemented in. You the, got your the foundation. Center, the center's not holding. You know, as, as Bliss noted in his writing, there's modernism, postmodernism. Well, we're beyond postmodernism. This is meism. Whatever I want to do is okay, but I'm going to be able to judge you. I can't be judged, but I can judge you. So I can deny uh, Huckabee service in my restaurant because I don't like her politics. She works for Trump. But she sure as hell would have been campaigning uh, or rooting for the same-sex couple to demand that the baker in Colorado make them their cake. You can't win. And you're right. It's just food. Yeah, and I take my food very seriously. I but know you, you know what? Uh, I don't have a problem. If I'm making something and, and a, a Democrat or a, uh, an atheist or whoever, mm-hmm. yeah, their money's as green as everybody. Yeah. Let's go. Well, now do you see where Jimmy Fallon's uh, uh, come under fire? What's Jimmy gotten himself well, into? Well, apparently in 2016, he had the Trumper on his show. Okay. And he famously or infamously uh, tousled Trump's hair. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, Fallon's now being criticized because that humanized Trump. Apparently, apparently we are to not think of him as a human. So, so Fallon's under the gun because, hey, 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 remember you humanized him. So and this is just getting attention now? <laughs> I guess. Well, it's getting attention now because... Uh, Trump's uh, in a tweet war with uh, with Fallon. Uh, Trump told Tonight Show host Jimmy Fallon to be a man and stop whimpering about the personal anguish he felt over the backlash he received after messing up Trump's hair during a 2016 campaign appearance on Fallon's show. I actually agree with the president. Fallon <laughs> recently told The Hollywood Reporter that he made a mistake on the September. This, this is the same as the CEO of Chick-fil-A yep. saying he made a mistake because he ate Chick-fil-A chicken. Because the club doesn't allow it. And the club won't allow a guy like Fallon to tossle Trump's hair, which would have been terribly tempting for me to do. Yeah, yeah I was you want to show. in his yeah. presence. And, and so now Trump ha- or, uh, uh, Fallon has to say, I made a mistake. No, you didn't. You didn't make any mistake. And Trump's right. You, be a man. Right. You didn't make a mistake. Right. You but don't he, have to cave. Sorry, Rook. No. But okay. Fallon knows that if he doesn't do that, his show will suffer. I guess. I don't know. Which is not, I'm not agreeing with him. I'm just saying that well, that's the game that we're conservative playing. He's got to have conservative viewers as well. I don't know. I really I, don't. I, uh, late night I, have, I have completely abandoned uh, late night talk shows. But it's not even just late night. Do, do you guys ever watch Comedy Central? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. Well, Isn't that Samantha B? No, 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 no. Just any type of the network. Because they'll run movies and they, they run some syndicated shows that I find enjoyable. But every night, Trevor Noah, that's all he does is talks about the president. Well. But, I mean, at some point, doesn't anyone else have fatigue with this? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't watch it anymore. I, I, the world misses Johnny Carson. What were his politics? You didn't even know what his politics nope. were. No. It wasn't a political show. The The talk shows now are political shows. 100% political shows. When's right. the, uh, 
Jordan Peterson is a uh, the Canadian psychologist who has written the book Twelve Rules for Life and is becoming increasingly popular on the lecture circuit. Uh, I would imagine he's might have he might have been a guest on one of these shows over the last six months or so. But I doubt if these shows even book uh, conservative thinkers. Mm. Uh, it's uh, they might, if I they do watch. reluctantly. I would say reluctantly. It's just become uh, terribly boring. It's fatigue. Look, you knew word. what Letterman's politics were. Yeah. Flaming lefty. I I don't know, maybe until the end, that you knew what Jay Leno's politics were. I don't know. And now you've got Maxine Waters huh. urging Americans to be disruptive. If you see if you see anybody from that Trump cab cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, in a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere employed uh, California Democratic Representative Maxine Waters at a Saturday rally. I guess she went nuts. All no, are welcome if, here. What yeah. if you did that to all Maxine Waters? How I don't much think, trouble would you be I don't be think in? she'd care for it. But uh, the center's not holding. Nope. And the only fix for it is unfixable because people are not going to just overnight develop a moral and ethical backbone and have standards by which they live. That's just not going to happen. It's become too easy to not have the standards. They're me. Paint a good picture there, huh? They're me. I'm not serving you. But by the way, I sure as hell was in favor of those two guys in Denver who wanted the cake. Yeah. That guy should have served them the cake. But I'm not going to serve you dinner because I don't like your politics. There's no consistency. Uh, give me some examples on the right. I can't quickly come up with any. I'm well, sure our there own are. Local, I'm sure there are. Our own local, uh, the water tossing. What's that? At the restaurant. Oh, the, uh, t- Tommy, Tommy Laren. Right. I don't think it's that drastic, but. Well, no, but that, but that's, that's not a reaction from the right. Those were, those were leftists throwing water at a conservative. I'm trying to say, name me when some conservatives uh, went to uh, people who work for Obama in a restaurant and hectored them. I don't think it ever happened because we would have known about it. It, it happens. I'm sure it happens. The difference is. You are you are turned into a hero by the news gathering mm-hmm. associations. Though anybody on the right would not be turned into a hero, but this Stephanie Wilkinson who owns the Red Hen Nook or whatever the hell her restaurant's called, she's a she's a heroine to the likes of the Washington right. Post and the New York Times. You did the right thing, Stephanie. There's no consistency in thought. None. None. Zip. Nada. Zero. A little bit. That. Minute. Nothing. Nothing. What time is it? It's time for you to take your break and tell people about Dennis Kirk. I'll be glad. N-E-E-D. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 3. Here's John Hyde. Oh, just a minute, John. Yeah, sure. Our uh-huh. Paul. I'm sorry to interrupt Johnny Height there. Joe, with this national opposition institutionally to anything conservative or Trump, do you ever sit back and think this was an absolute miracle that this guy was elected in the first place? No. Really? Well, remember the phrase we were using uh, earlier on in his tenure? We were saying we'd come upon a news story and we'd say, this is the reason Trump got elected. This, this woman who kicks out Sanders uh, from her restaurant, this is the reason 
Trump got elected. There are more people fed up with the behavior of the left than there are not. They're just noisier than we are. Oh, and very forceful. Very forceful. Okay, thank right. you. Yep. Here's John. Honey. How can the left be too stupid to figure that out? Too? Well, and I'll tell you what they're doing. Uh huh. You're guaranteeing this guy a second term. Yeah, exactly. You're guaranteeing this guy a second. Do you term. think so? I absolutely do. Be- and the reason I say that is because I think because of so much pressure now from the opposition, I think people are going to be afraid to be identified. Oh no! As well, a, no, as look a up, voter, supporter. look this here. I'm going to give you a homework assignment to do oh. right now on the <laughs> Google. How did I uh, open well, find, myself? Find, it's on Facebook. Leave below. Find <laughs> polling. <laughs> Fine yeah. polling, polling that uh, reflects how Americans uh, uh, either favor or don't favor uh, Trump's administration's behavior at the border. No one's, I'm not saying people favor the separation of families. That's not what I'm saying. But I think you'll find a, a majority of Americans uh, realize that something significant has to be done uh, about immigration problems. And, and the, the, the left, uh, the more they uh, point out falsehoods about kids kept in cages and Time Magazine puts a little girl on the cover who wasn't even separated from her mother and calling uh, Trump Hitler and saying this is like the Holocaust, this is like Japanese internment camps. This is nothing different than's happened for the last 25 years. Um, would something called thehill.com be reputable? Sure. Because I've never heard of them before. They're, it's a political. Uh, yeah, it's all right. All right. So they're, uh, I, I typed in just what you said, and it says a stunning 65% of Americans support a DACA deal that ends chain migration. Right. Okay. And the last poll, uh, they haven't done one, I guess, apparently uh, the Republican Democrat side, but the last poll, 90% of Republicans backed his presidency. So, you know. And it's just a crying shame that the guy is so personally foul. He he could be popular. He could be popular. And he can't rein himself in. He can't discipline himself. He can't stay off Twitter. The he Twitter can't... thing's ridiculous. I know you're not on Twitter, Joe. No, I won't. I won't go. Every on. morning, it's like looking at a 12-year-old tweeting. It's in this same story, sorry, Johnny, uh, 80% of, of Americans believe that immigration should be based on merit and skills and not just family ties. Uh, when ba- faced with a choice, nearly 80% want secure borders rather than open borders. Yeah, you're either either going to have a country or we're not. So I don't I don't know what it is that, you know, Jimmy Fallon wants or uh, uh, Tammy B. Or well, they all Samantha have a, Fanny a, a clear agenda of, of television ratings, though. Yeah. And I bet a lot of what they're saying, they might not even personally believe 100% of it. Here's John Hines. Thanks, Joe. Partly sunny, 79 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. The Minnesota Twins are off today. They'll play the White Sox three games starting tomorrow, and they'll move across town to play the Cubs three games. They'll finish up the road trip with three against the Brewers in Milwaukee. They did make a couple roster moves over the weekend. Fernando Romero sent back to Rochester. Alan Busenitz brought up. And outfielder Ryan Lamar also optioned down to Rochester. Twins will make a corresponding roster move before that game tomorrow I wonder how many Minnesotans are going to take in either a White Sox game, a Cubs game, or a Brewers game. Me and the boys are leaving tomorrow morning. To see the White Sox. Yeah, see, uh, my budget calls for let's go to Chicago (laughs) to see the Whiteys. We can get in the door for about 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Royce's going to Wrigley. Thursday and Friday. Let's play a game. How long was Saturday's ball game against the Rangers? How long was it? I don't know. I left the house. I left the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I drove to my mother-in-law's about an hour away, 
picked her up. We watched The Incredibles 2 movie, got back in the car, and it was still the ninth inning. <laughs> I'll be damned. News notes. News notes from today. The Hennepin County Medical... Royce, he went to see Incredibles 2 with his mother-in-law? No. no. That was actually no, Chris's no, me. Story. I was just doing it as Roy, you know, because that's oh. when he's making fun of Mackie oh, and Judd show being so long. Yeah. How was Incredibles 2? Fantastic. <laughs> it's it's very, very well done. Joe, you going to see that one? No. no oh, you'd so. be... A, come on. Bring the... Gri- Joe would on. think it's funny. Yeah, you would enjoy I it. I want to hear some news. Sorry. News notes from today. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner reported a man died of multiple gunshot wounds in a North Minneapolis police shooting Saturday. It has called the incident a homicide. That in and of itself doesn't mean anything as far as crime goes. Any incident where a person is killed by another person is called a homicide. The shooting occurred in the area of 48th Avenue North and North Camden Avenue shortly after 5.30 p.m., the man has been identified as 31-year-old Thurman Jr. Blevins. The medical examiner's office released the cause of death today, putting the location of the shooting in the 4700 block of Bryant Avenue North in an alley. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension said officials did recover a black and silver handgun from the scene of the shooting. The bureau, which is investigating the shooting, said the man ran from officers while holding a gun. Authorities say Minneapolis police officers pursued and then shot the man who was pronounced dead at the scene. The original call came because of reports of a man shooting a gun into the air and at the ground. Uh, Some witnesses have disputed the police account of the shooting, saying the man didn't have a gun. Bureau said officers' body cameras recorded the shooting. Squad car cameras did not. Agents are also interviewing witnesses and participants in the incident. Bureau says it'll turn the findings over for review to the Hennepin County Attorney's Office. What do we make of the mayor's comments, by the way, yesterday morning? Which comments? Jacob Fry's comments. Uh, about- well, refresh my memory. Well, my heart is heavy, it, or he, he didn't say anything. He, But he's all in this situation, and there was a story we had a couple of weeks ago. He's throwing the, the police right under the bus here. I, I, I haven't sensed that yet. Yeah, Here's the problem. We'll talk about this after Johnny's news segment. You, there's just two competing narratives for what happened here. And, yeah. and so nothing can be arrived at yet. Hopefully, no, no conclusion hopefully everything's on the cameras. I want to see the can, cameras. Exactly. Yep. Court records show police in Champlin filed a search warrant application seeking a blood or urine test on a woman allegedly found unresponsive in the front seat of a car parked at a gas station early Saturday morning with three children in the back seat. According to the search warrant application filed following the incident, an officer made contact with 36-year-old Tisa Marie Erickson of Maple Grove around 1230 a.m. Saturday. The officer said in the application she was unresponsive behind the wheel at first, but came to after several knocks on the window and yelling. She was described as smelling moderately of alcohol, allegedly had poor coordination and watery, glassy eyes. The officer reports she admitted to consuming half a shot of cheap vodka about an hour prior. The officer also alleged she had multiple scabs all over her body, which he said was indicative indicative of indicative. Drug, thank you very much, John, mm-hmm. of drug use. He reported finding a small baggie of substance at the scene. Erickson admitted it was cocaine. The application says Erickson's preliminary breath test was .042, and she denied using street drugs or having medications. However, the officer reported he saw all indicators, and Tisa failed all other sobriety Do tests. we know the age of the three kids? Do not have that. Nope. Representative Maxine Waters, as you said, Joe, called on her supporters to publicly confront and harass members of the Trump administration in response to the policy that led to the separation of families at the border, California Democrat and a vehement critic of President Trump made the comment Saturday, first at a rally in L.A. and later in a television interview. 
The comments, which come after several Trump administration officials have been recently protested at restaurants, are raising questions about the state of American political discourse. President Trump immediately tweeting this morning about it, saying Congressman Maxine Waters, an extraordinarily low IQ person, has become, together with Nancy Pelosi, the face of the Democratic Party. Also on Twitter today, President Trump slamming that restaurant that kicked out his press secretary. Early this morning, he tweeted the Red Hen restaurant should focus more on cleaning its filthy canopies, doors, and windows rather than refusing to serve a person like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I always had a rule. If a restaurant is dirty on the outside, it's dirty on the inside. President's negative review. (laughs) President's negative review appears to be based on photos he had seen in news stories and social media. All right. Uh, (laughs) Good luck. How are you? Center's Uh, holding? Yep. Not really. Not really. (laughs) Not really. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Hang on. No, my fault. Hi, Dave. Hi there, Joe. How are you? Good. We're up to 79, heading for a high today of about 83. It's humid out there as well. The dew points right now in the lower to middle 60s. We have some thunder scattered through the central portion of the state. They're weakening showers, basically. Uh, They're up there around the Brenda Lakes area. They're moving almost straight northward. Now, later on tonight, some showers and storms are going to develop as a storm system slides right across the northern portions of Iowa. Uh, that storm will push these thunderstorms up into about the southern third of our state. So some locally heavy rainfall is possible, half an inch up to an inch in a few spots. Overnight tonight down to 65. Those thunderstorms arriving here in the Twin Cities sometime after dark and uh, kind of favoring the after midnight hours. They'll linger into tomorrow morning, otherwise just mostly cloudy through the afternoon. Cooler tomorrow, 75 for the high. Then back to sunny and warm, 85 on Wednesday, 90 on Thursday, 96 on Friday. 90 again on Saturday, hot and humid as we head toward the weekend. Some thunderstorms develop late Saturday, and they're going to continue on and off on Sunday. So Sunday's going to be a little cooler at 84, but we're right back to 88 by Monday of next week, and we're into the 90s again the day before uh, the 4th of July. I think on the 4th of July, right now it appears, though, there could be some thunderstorms and uh, temperatures probably in the 80s for highs. But today going for a high of about 83. Right now, Joe, we're at 79. All right, thank you. A Saturday night, about 5.30 p.m., Thurman Blevins was shot by Minneapolis police. Mm-hmm. And the uh, protests immediately began. And here's the problem. There are two competing accounts of what happened. Right. So no one uh, in a news gathering position, for example, uh, should or is prepared to uh, claim they know what happened. Uh, in one narrative, Blevins is sitting on the curb with a woman uh, drinking from a glass. You read that narrative? Yes. In the other narrative, he's running away when the police approach and turns into an alley, is shot multiple times, and a witness watched the police come and kick kick the fallen handgun away from where Blevins had uh, died in the alley which would suggest he had a gun. Right. But one one group of witnesses said he didn't have a gun. Another group of witnesses said he had a gun. And the body cameras were on. 
So wouldn't that be, wouldn't that provide what we need to know? Yeah. So we have to wait and see what, what the body cameras tell us. And it's pretty difficult to speculate, but uh, from what I understand is when the cops arrived, he had already shot into the air and no, no, let's, let's, let me help you. Uh, I think nine one one was called by people reporting Mm -hmm. that a fellow was shooting a gun into the air and then into the ground. Mm -hmm. When police arrived, there's no indication from anybody, including the police, that Blevins was shooting a gun into the air or into the ground. Yeah, that's what I read too. Okay. So, so they that's arrive, why they were called. They arrive at, at, at the at this location, and, and I would imagine the police at that point are wondering, is this the guy who was shooting into the air and into the ground? Right. As they get out of their car to approach him, there's also competing uh, narratives on this. He either uh, he either was stun gunned, or he was not. That I can't determine okay. that based on what's been written so far. And, but what does seem undeniable is that he took off running. Which no, it's it's blaming the victim for me to say, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, why did you run? Right. There was also a report. I can't remember which uh, news outlet reported it that when the police arrived. Shots were fired, and one bullet entered a car that was parked nearby, and someone was in parked inside the the stationary vehicle. I haven't seen that account. The best account I yeah. read was in the Pioneer Press. It was the most thorough of the two newspapers, and uh, her name escapes me. I'm sorry, weekend reporter, and she quoted a guy who had just finished cutting the lawn. Yep, and he saw a cop car come into the alley, and he sees Blevins. And and he he hears police say, drop the gun, drop the gun. He was afraid to poke his head around the garage into the alley. He didn't want to get shot. Right. Then he hears the shots. The guy dies. Then he reports that he watched the coppers kick the gun away that had fallen into the alley. There are other witnesses who say they heard Blevins say, I don't have a gun. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't have a gun, followed by gunshots. So there's a lot to sort out here. Uh, Christy Bel Camino yeah. is the reporter yeah, from the Pioneer a, Press. She did a very thorough job. And uh, so the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has this case, and that immediately drew uh, Nakima Levy Pounds to the site to say, no, they're not to be trusted. Uh, they would only be trusted in her mind if they found the police guilty. We already know that about her character. Right. The police must be guilty in her mind. So she's calling for an out uh, an out of state, not not an out of in state, but a, from some other state. She wants people to come here and investigate this. I don't know why she would she would trust them any more than she trusts anybody. But that's that's who she's calling for. But if I'm willing to say we don't know anything yet, she certainly should be willing to say that. But we've known by her behavior that she's not capable of right. that. You could not give her a parking ticket. You would be called a racist. So, but she was first on the scene to lead the the protest, which apparently was very peaceful. But you've got two competing storylines here, folks, and we don't know anything. Well, and then the body cameras are, are going to hopefully reveal all. And we know nothing about Blevins. Uh, I don't know if we're... If we're going to, I don't know if that's germane. I mean, I'd be personally curious to know more about him. Was he a hail fellow, well met, uh, gainfully employed? Uh, I know he was a father to a couple of children. Uh, 
do do we know if he has a record? Again, I'm not suggesting that if you have a record, you you need to be shot. I'm right. just saying. Well, you want to know more about him. I'm just saying, who do we lose here? And and uh, we don't have any answers to that yet. But why did he run? Right. Why did he run? What was he nervous about? If he was in fact nervous, I don't know. Well, and if the answer is, yeah, I, I think. I think an activist answer to that would say, well, he ran because he's a black man and these are the cops. And I'm not buying that uh, because uh, Minneapolis uh, police, St. Paul police, any Chicago police for that matter, they're interacting with black people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and they're not shooting them. Right. So if, if that point. if that's the answer, uh, it, it would be easy to poke holes in that answer. So I don't know why, uh, if in fact he did run away uh, I have no idea why. So nobody knows anything about this yet, including Nakima Levy Pounds, who knows no more about this than I do. None. Zero. And might be going off a couple of witness uh, witnesses that say, this is what I think I saw. And then running with that and using it as gospel. Mm-hmm. Pulling, taking from it what she wants to sweeten her And story. then the protesters uh, apparently delayed the pride parade condemning police brutality to the point where I guess the pride people were booing the protesters. Ooh, that doesn't happen very often. It was was almost some sort of weird windmilling. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sitting through the nuts and bolts of life. Hey, we got a champion. Hi, thank you. We got a champion in our midst. A champion, Jaja, Jaja, an English bulldog, has been voted the ugliest dog in the world. Oh, owned by Megan Brainerd of Anoka. Okay, uh, he won or she, whatever it is, won the world's ugliest dog contest in Petaluma, California, over the weekend. And Megan Brainerd of Anoka gets to bring home the trophy and fifteen hundred bucks. Woo. This is a bad looking dog. <laughs> I gotta see pictures of him. Oh, he hangs on no. the ground. He's got the bad teeth. He's drooling. Oh. He's got an underbite. You know what it looks like? Looks like he got in a head-on collision with another dog. Yeah, it looks. His whole face is crushed in, and he's just a really bad, bad-looking bulldog. So, congratulations, you champion, bad-looking bulldog. Look, when he licks his, lick, when he sticks his tongue in it, look, it looks like he could wipe the whole front of his face with well, that his tongue. tongue drags oh, gross. on the ground and. Yeah, got the jowls that are leaking drool. And yes, the whole I'm sure it's. Sp- <laughs> Look at Whoa, that. That's a bad looking. Are you dog. kidding me? That's a champion right there. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> ESPN Gross. is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Seventy nine.